0: Episode 24, here we are, You're heading back to the Arcane Tower. Brian, a.k.a. Caro, give me the recap. What happened last time?
1: Uh, last time we reached Dragon Spire Island. Uh, we found a town, which ended up being Woodhaven 0.5. Uh, ascended the tower, stole the MacGuffin, made our escape on the boat, the Reliance, um, and as we were sailing away, the ship... Rose out of the water. It was basically a giant uh, dragon skull, and we ran like a bunch of little.
0: <laughs> Correct. Yeah, you ran. The island turned into a giant dragon skull, and you guys opened up portals with your pocket portals to head back to the arcane tower. Um, very good. Yes. Very good. Okay. So something that um, I forgot slash I guess it makes sense to do now as you guys are traveling through this portal. Carl, you you are holding the ring, the Skull Ring of Elise. Um, When you first grabbed it, I'd say there was so much adrenaline going through your bodies. And, you know, after the shot that you got from the uh, um, Archmage, you're not feeling the same kind of effects. But basically, you're going to see as you are portaling through towards the Arcane Tower, another vision from the priests as you have from the last two totems. The waves crash along the hull of a ship that careens through the sea. On deck, a pirate woman leans against the foremast, sharpening her dagger. Her eyes are focused in a daze at the captain as he moves along the deck. She can't keep her eyes off him. As he gets closer, she fumbles with her knife and it slides through her finger. He notices and he moves to her and pulls up a barrel, tearing up a piece of his coat and wrapping her wound. Their eyes meet and they share a smile. The vision fades and the same woman paces below deck. She makes up her mind and heads to the captain's quarters. She nervously lifts a hand to knock, but hears a sound. She slinks to the window and her eyes narrow at what she sees. The captain lies in an embrace with a woman she knows all too well, her sister. Not only that, but hanging from a thin thread around her bare neck is the same golden ring that the pirate wears she turns from the window with clear malice and envy days pass but every night she huddles down below deck with an increasing number of crew members she spreads lies and hatred among them on a cold stormy night dozens of figures converge on the captain's quarters the mutiny is swift as they bust down the door and cut the captain and his lover down Elise delivers the final blow to her sister, ripping the ring from her neck. The storm rages on for days with no relief. High winds batter the ship and tear through the sails. Rain falls in buckets on the slippery deck as high waves crash with a force against the hull. Captain Elise's men grow weary as they work day and night to keep the ship above water. It becomes too much. Even the strongest of them collapse from exhaustion in the rain. She holds tight to the mast as the ship loses all control. She falls to her knees as she spots an ever increasing wall of stone from through the raging storm ahead. And the vision fades and then it's back and we see her um, in full pirate garb. And she says, but we were the hope, the beacons of light, to turn from our sins, to stand to fight. The weakness of faith was the people's downfall when the Dread King came to conquer them all? And then that fades completely, and you soar through the portal and you plop down face first on the Arcane Tower floor, and it is just in complete chaos as you come through the portals um, and you stumble. And Flynn, Flynn, the little uh, old elf that you met the first time you entered this arcane tower is running around just in a craze. He's he's counting bodies and he's shouting commands to a few other wizards that are like attempting to calm down all these passengers of the reliance that you just sent through. Um, and he spots you immediately and he waddles up in your direction. And he, and he says something like um, he says,
2: what the hell is this? Who are all these people?
3: These, my friend, are collateral damage uh, from the bullshit that we've been doing to try and get the things you all need uh, to save whatever you hold dear while everything we have is still gone. So take care of these people and please do yourself a favor. And leave us the fuck alone.
0: Okay, he turns up to Carl, and he, like, points his thumb over
3: at Tug, and he's like,
0: what the hell's wrong with this guy? What
3: happened? (laughs) Tug is, Tug stalks, like, says that, and stalks past. Tug is going, um, to, to the, uh, the brewery where Ricketts may or may not be, but Tug is, he's not helping, he's- Letting people deal with the problem that they've brought upon themselves as far as he's concerned. Okay.
0: So and then Flynn looks at the other two as you walk away and he's like, OK, well, well, I need help getting these people sent to the right place. Uh, I've been a little short staffed lately, as you can tell.
2: Uh,
1: what does that even mean? What's the right place?
0: It just, you know, I got to send them home. They don't belong here.
1: Well, I mean, I don't know, man. You're a wizard. I'm just fucking. You want me to turn them into animals or something? I can do that. But
0: no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. We can portal them. We can portal them home. I just need to know where they would need to go, and I need help putting them in the right place and just calming everybody down.
2: Well, I mean,
1: you know, um, I don't know where was our ship even going. I don't even remember.
3: Why, like, what's it, like, out, outside of character, hearing yeah. this conversation, sure. my character's already gone, yep. why the <laughs> fuck do we care what they do with them? Like, let them go to the food court, let them get a meal, <laughs> like, like, obviously we just yeah. came through with a shit ton of people that are horrified, like, maybe calming them down and not immediately throwing them through another warp point right. to some other place is where we want to be right now. All right. Fuck you, Flynn. You yeah. suck.
0: I mean, so <laughs> it, so Flynn, Flynn is basically just in, in a craze because he's sitting in the lobby, and then all of a sudden these portals opened up, and people just flooded through. So he's a little panicked right now. So if you want to try to get him to calm down, you'll have to tell him to calm down. You know what okay. I mean?
1: Okay. Well, listen. Here's the thing. We went, and we were doing all this stuff. We got uh, some more McGuffinry um, had to kind of fight this dead, uh, dragon monster, lich was chasing us. Uh, we saved all these people by bringing them here. Um, I don't actually remember where our boat was going. We just wanted to go to Dragon's Spire Island and they took us there. And, um, and like everybody almost died. I guess just ask them. I mean, we can give them a sandwich. They, I mean, it's pretty, <laughs> they were just on a pleasure cruise. And uh, things went really bad. Um, I don't know where they live or um, I actually I don't know anything about any of them. Okay. so So, uh, good luck. Durf, I believe most of these people come from Kingston Landing. Yeah, but they were leaving Kingston. That's where we pick them all up. That's where they can all be returned to
0: all right so as as you three are kind of like discussing this oh is that the place where there's a quarter mile wide dragon fucking headed towards (laughs) (laughs) well no the dragon had kind of stopped i mean it, it was it was it looked like it couldn't pursue you much further as you guys were starting to get away and it was kind of powering up an attack um but yeah so i think kingston landing is safe from the dragon anyway but Basically, um, you three are kind of discussing this. Uh, Flynn, Carl, Durf, you guys are like in a heated argument as people are just like all crazy around you. Um, And you guys can we'll just say like we cut scene to you guys kind of helping Flynn get them to the right place or at least calm them down. Go get him a sandwich, whatnot. And then let's follow Tug as he enters into uh, the brewery where Ricketts is standing behind the bar. He's wiping it down with the rag. Um, pouring a beer for himself, and and he spots you, Tug. So what are you doing?
3: Uh, Tug walks in and just kind of like flags him down with like a hand wave. Not even flags him down, but just kind of a hand wave that's interpreted as like, yeah, I'll have one too. Like whatever you're having, uh, type of vibe. And um, he just kind of plops down in the stool. Uh, well, I guess Ricketts would be behind the bar, right? Yeah. So yeah. he plops down in the stool uh, across from him.
0: Okay. Yeah. So he pours you beer, slides it down to you, kind of leans on the bar with both hands, taking a sip from his own beer, and he says, uh, "Well, welcome back, I guess, Tug. Uh, you 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 look a little down. Not like I have seen you before. What's going on?"
3: Ricketts, I'll, I'll tell you what, my man. I uh, I've really grown to hate this fucking place well the the arcane tower is the core of everything in my life that sucks as far as i'm concerned so yeah i'm a bit down and unfortunately this is the only place i have to go to so it's like a double whammy and it's just it's just rough all around rough all around you get to sit here and be in your bar and live out the life that I kind of always wanted for myself. And instead I'm getting chased by quarter mile wide dragon skulls and fuck that. Damn Tug,
0: That's I'm sorry to hear all that. Uh, but you say, you say this is the life you want to lead, right? Really? You want to, you want to, wait on people hand and foot, handing them beers when there's a whole world out there to explore.
3: I'll tell you what, my man, as this, this whole, this whole thing has felt like I've been waiting on, uh, the archmage's hand and foot and every request he has. And I'm putting myself and the only two people I have, essentially I can relate to my past. Uh, we are put into the flames every single time we're going on another bullshit adventure for an item that I don't give a fuck about to try and help and save stuff that I don't even have anymore. So yeah, a little tired and uh slinging beers doesn't sound too, too bad.
0: Doug, you really think you really think the archmage would send you through all this stuff for nothing. You really think there's nothing out there for you anymore. You'd rather be cooped up, in four walls, a long bar, a line of customers, there's something out there for you, Tug. I don't claim to know much about you, about your inner workings of that brain in there. And he, like, taps you on the forehead. He says, but I know this, Tug. I swear, I've seen a fire in you like I've never seen from any, uh, anyone else that's walked through these doors.
3: appreciate the vote, the vote of confidence, old man. Uh, it's tough. It's real tough. Uh... With no distinct finish line. With no real understanding of what any of this means to me. Uh, With nothing to look back on. It's, It's tough. It's real tough. Real tough.
0: But Tug, look at me. You don't like things easy, do you? Man, you smirk. You smirk in the face of a challenge,
3: right? I can probably dunk a basketball if that's what you're asking.
0: No, the only things worth doing are the <laughs> ones that you have to fight for, right?
3: I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, old man. You're not tug wrong. that fire, that
0: fire I was talking about, that fire in you. You gotta let it burn. You gotta feed it. You gotta take those those memories of those people that wronged you those the the memories of the people that righted you your family your friends you gotta use that and you gotta feed that fire.
3: I'm I'm kind of at the point where I feel like if I feed the fire I'm going to burn everything down around me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, um. <laughs> He takes another long sip of his beer.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Tess bursts through the doors of the brewery and she says, Tug, Tug, there you are. You, you got to come with me right now. Where are the others?
3: <sighs> I don't know where Durf and Carl are. I think they were helping you all immediately evacuate the people that are scared for their lives, for situations that you in, inherently put them in. Um, as for why do I need to follow you?
0: Tug, Tug, it's about, it's about Woodhaven. It's about your family.
3: The real one or the fake one? The real one, Tug. Tug looks back at uh Ricketts and kind of like raises his eyebrow, kind of like the rock, like, Mm. Finishes his beer and plops off the stool, and uh, excellently flips a coin over a gold coin over his shoulder so it lands on the bar and walks out. Follows Tess.
0: All right, all right. Well, we'll go back over to uh, Carl and Durf. What are you guys doing?
3: I'm just wa- I'm just watching
1: Flynn try and figure this shit out.
0: Yeah, say it's been like 20 30 minutes. Well,
1: what's what's what's, so what's the progress? I don't know. What is the progress? You tell me. (laughs) Uh, So Carl has been uh, just kind of going around talking with. uh, Survivors of the from the boat, I guess, refugees now uh, just trying to calm people down, help uh, get everything. In such a fashion where they can either decide if they want to go home or maybe stay in the arcane tower for a bit until they are Mm -hmm. Uh, calm down and just have an, a sense of where they would like to go.
0: Okay. Um, what, what? So you see uh, in the corner of the room, you see your companions from uh, the last adventure. You see Sierra Pip and Eleanor and Tarkin. Um, Abby's over there, and and Captain Jacob, um, and they're all planning to head out back where they belong.
1: I guess I'll I'll walk over. Like, guys, heading out.
0: Uh, and Sierra, Sierra and Eleanor, Eleanor says, um, yeah, Durf, you know, we, we had a hell of a time on that ship with you. I, I appreciate you guys sending us on that adventure. We haven't seen adventure like that in a while, but I, but I think it's, I think it's time we settled down. And then, uh, Captain Jacob pipes in and he says, yeah, I'm going to need to find a new ship. Uh, <laughs> Seems like my other one's toast, but man's got to make a living, right, Jim? And, and Jim says, yeah, Captain, I'm with you. Let's go. And Abby looks at you, Durf, with sad eyes that you can't see behind his mask.
1: Uh, well, where, where, are you, where are you going? You lived uh, locked in a cave before.
0: Uh, he just responds with a... Uh, 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 uh.
1: <laughs> Man, we, we really should have taught you how to talk. Uh... <laughs>
0: well, I think you've spent so much time with him you probably speak his language you probably understand what he's saying and he's saying basically like I'm just going to go with these guys I don't have a home
1: well um, okay you can do whatever you want uh, I'm sure they would put you up here at the tower if you wanted to hang around um, but uh...
0: immediately once you say that immediately what he does is he perks up and he runs to you and he gives you a big hug and lifts you above the uh, the ground and says, ooh, ooh, <laughs> "Like, oh, you want me to stay with you? Okay, okay, I'll do All it." All
1: right. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll talk to Flynn. I'm sure they've got giant monster quarters for you to live in, and you, you can hang around <laughs> at the tower. Um, and I, and I hug him back, give him a little give him a little no nice.
0: Ah. All right. All right. So the other people, they head through the portals back to where they came from or where their homes are. Um, Yeah. What do you want to do? Like at this point, like the most of the passengers have either they're either back at the cafeteria enjoying a meal, calm down, or uh, I'd say the majority of them have actually gone through portals back to um, back to where they came from. So what do you guys want to do? You're just in the lobby.
1: I'm going to head up to the bar and look for Tug.
0: Okay. Um, Durf? Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. Yeah. And as soon, as soon as you go through that portal, as soon as you go through that portal, you almost run into Tess and Tug who are coming back at you, towards you. Oh, hey. And Tess says, Oh, there you are. There you are. Let's go. We got to go to the Arcane. We got to go to the Archmage right now.
1: There's like, All right. Yep. Carl just kind of gives her a nod and follows along.
0: All right you guys uh you guys head back out and you head through this you head through this golden portal that she has created and you walk up to the archmage's um, quarters and he is just pacing in front of the pool of remembrance he's just looking extremely nervous um, pacing back and forth and back and forth and he sees you immediately as you walk in and he says, "You've returned thank the gods thank the gods and the totem did you find it?" We found the totem, but why do you seem so nervous?
1: Why were you worried? We've succeeded every step so far.
0: Boys, I I always worry about you, but there's something extremely important I need to show you.
1: Go on.
3: Yeah.
0: Just follow me. I'll explain on the way. Where are we going? We're going to the Hall of Knowledge. I have someone I'd like you to meet. Okay, sure. Uh, Before, as I kind of let
1: the Archmage and Tug and Durf go first, um, I take out the ring and uh, drop it in the pool. When I do, I kind of reach in there and do I try and see if I can feel the other MacGuffins, see if they're in there. Okay.
0: Yeah, you do. You do. You definitely feel the other MacGuffins. Okay. They're all in there. Uh, And the Archmage actually turns back to you and he says, no, 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 no. Grab those and bring them.
1: All of them. All three. All right. Tug
3: turns around, stalks back to the uh, pool or whatever. And when Carl takes out the wood necklace uh, from the Red Uh Sands, Tug takes that and puts it on. Okay. That's the one that he is tasking with himself to hold.
0: Right. Right. Yep. Yep. And I I did forget to mention, Carl, when you uh, came to out of this vision from the portal about uh, Elise the pirate, you had your mark on your hand that was already pointing down, um, finished with an arrow pointing up. So you've kind of got like a straight line with an arrow pointing in both directions. Okay. Like a half so this of eyeball. a
1: compass rose. Is
0: that what that's called? Correct. Yep. 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 Okay. All right. So he leads you out of the portal um, and you come to straight through the Hall of Knowledge. Uh, he leads you past multiple tables and there's there's students studying and there's rows and rows of old books. And if you remember, the Hall of Knowledge has this giant uh, oak tree trunk in the middle of the library. And um, he talks quietly to you as you follow at his heels. And he says, I've, I've been sending our elite philosophers down to the Eternal Flats But there is a powerful, physical barrier that surrounds the entire lands, a darkness marked by black earth and clouds overhead that changed the land into some sort of nightmarish demiplane. It's like a perpetual shadow across the land, covered in black smoke and tar, and consumed with a gray haze. You were in this reality if only for a moment right before you first came to this tower. It's the, dreads ki- the, it's the dread king's land and it is spreading. And he walks you up and around a winding staircase that kind of surrounds this gigantic trunk. And he says, our philosophers are only able to enter this place for minutes at a time before feeling the effects. Exhaustion, sickness, and emotional distress only touch the surface of what they feel. We've had to go in and rescue many of them, none of which have gone far enough to come back with anything of value. And he's still leading you up this spiral staircase. Any of you guys want to say anything? Interject at all? You don't have to. I'm uh, pretty sure we all see where this is going. hmm Okay. All right. Uh, you pass classroom after classroom until finally he stops at this wide oak door on the third level. And he says, but the most recent expedition was much more fruitful. And he swings the door open. And the room that you're in now is this wide workshop with all sorts of instruments and glassware and strange skeletons lining the walls. There's a long robed man in goggles with spiked hair leaning against a desk in the corner. You don't notice any of this, however, because you are focused on what lies on the floor before you encased in a large glass chamber that glows with a soft white light. His back is arched and broken and his fingers and toes have transformed into long, grotesque claws that all touch the ground. His body is hairless and disfigured, and globs of some kind of thin slime pour down onto the mound of black earth and tar that he sits upon. The chamber itself is surrounded by a dull gray haze, as he lifts his head up so you can see his full, empty black eyes. He cocks his head to the left, and he sees you, and his brow furrows. In an instant, he is up and lunging towards you, only to slam his fists against the glass that cracks. His mouth opens unnaturally wide as he furiously rakes at the walls of his enclosure, but you hear nothing behind it. Your heart drops as he gets closer, and you recognize the man. Especially you, Tug. It's Dozer the bartender of the leaky toad. And the archmage says, they found him wandering far away from Woodhaven towards the edge of the barrier. It took five of our best to take him down and bring him here. And then he points to the man that was sitting on the desk, uh, leaning up against the desk, and he says, this is Professor Kennitzer, good friend of mine and best dark arts master there is.
3: Tug is like kind of like squinting at the dark magic infused dozer and kind of like walking up to the glass. Like once he recognizes that it's something familiar, he kind of walks up and is just like face to face, like searching in the face of the monster or whatever it is, um, mm-hmm. to see if he can see, to see if he uh, gets any vibe that it is recognizing him back. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it it uh, it cocks its head for a little bit as it's just kind of like slowly scraping against the glass and it opens its mouth. You can't hear what it's what it's saying. Um, It looks like it's trying to mouth words, but it ends up just looking like a jittery scream as this this mouth is just opening Uh, as as opening wider than a human mouth should um but yeah i mean that's all you really can tell from this point
3: uh tug like lets out like a long sigh and kind of slumps his shoulders taps the glass with his fist and just walks back to the group
0: mhm okay um and uh professor Kennitzer looks at you through his through his glasses and he says i i wouldn't i wouldn't get so close if i were you uh, uh it's a, it's a pleasure to finally meet you my friends uh did you did you bring the the, the items, the holy items.
1: Uh, Derf says, sir, we're professionals. We get close to various things all the time, but we appreciate your input. <laughs> okay,
0: <laughs> He says, ah, oh, oh, OK, OK, um, uh, pl- please, please place them here. And he pushes a button on his desk and three towers um, with glass boxes at the bottom of them descend from the ceiling. Uh And they they basically like wooden towers that come down about about four feet. They're about eye level from you. And there are these empty glass boxes in them. And he's like, please put 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 the totems in here. I, I we got to show you something.
3: All right. Tell me what you're trying to show us before I give you this amulet of supposed godliness uh that I had to risk my life for that you actively do nothing for. Um Clearly it took five of you to subdue an old bartender. So your, your value to me is zero. So what, why am I putting it in there? And what do you, what are you going to show me? Tug, Tug,
0: can, can I call you Tug? Yes. Tug, this guy, this bartender's no bartender like you knew before. He is massively strong. Of course it took five of us. Um, we, we think, we think we can save him. We think we can bring him back.
3: So what are you showing me? Your attempt at bringing him back?
0: We the powers of the totems that you have might be able, might be enough power that we need to bring him back.
3: So what is this machine? A transmogrifier?
0: I didn't come up with a name for the machine. Tra- ah,
3: transmogrifier. <laughs>
0: Give me a name for Sally. the machine. Trans- My name, name is machine. Sally. It's not Sally. We named a ship Sally already. Oh, you're
3: right. trans Transmogrifier. Just go with that.
0: The transmogrifier. Okay. Yeah. That. How'd you know? That's exactly what the name <laughs> is. It's the transmogrifier.
3: It's literally it's, stenciled on the side right here. Oh,
0: oh, forgot about that. Okay. <laughs> I, we think we can bring him back with the powers of the totems. If you just place them, I'll show you. There's, there's no harm. Nothing bad will happen. I promise.
3: Good. Yeah, that totally panned out. Every single step of the way during this entire <laughs> adventure, Tug takes off the uh, the amulet and puts it into the wooden rod of sealing justice or whatever it is.
0: <laughs> okay, what are you two doing? I've, Carl, I, go
1: ahead and place the other two items in the encasements. Um, okay. Seeing as how Tug kind of gave his blessing to go uh, forth with this plan, that's what we're going to do.
0: All right. Nerf? You doing anything i guess you I, didn't, anything.
1: I, I think carl had the stuff uh, yeah i'll just all right i'm he's interested i mean hey
0: all right sweet do so you put you put these three totems inside these glass boxes and they slam shut with a snap um and professor kennitzer tosses you each a pair of goggles that he grabs from inside of his desk um and he says best to be on the safe side
3: okay yeah sure whatever
0: you better put these on I put them on.
3: yeah so just okay t-
0: Right.
1: Carl does not. He just turns away.
0: You turn away? Yep. Turn, turns his face away. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So you, you then hear this churn of energy. Like, see, he puts the goggles on. The archmage puts the goggles on. And you hear this churn of energy coming from the ceiling um, as three streaks of light travel down the towers and into the boxes. And they, like, flash. A bright, blinding flash. Just surrounds the room and Carl, you're forced to shut your eyes, even though you were looking away just because of how bright this thing is. Um, And the other two of you, you see for a moment this white bolt explode out from each box and connects with the glass chamber. And the whole thing lights up like the 4th of July. Um, Dozer, inside of his uh, glass uh, cage, you can't really hear this, but you can tell he is just shrieking uncontrollably as he's gripping at his head and slamming it again and again against the glass casing. And then after a few seconds, things begin to change and the haze inside starts to slowly fade. Uh, The black soil below Dozer stirs and his jerking moments begin to lessen. Um, Eventually, he slumps to the ground as his claws start to retract and a little bit more color returns to his disfigured body except the room that you're in now is beginning to shake as this energy with, within the tower grows and grows and grows uh instruments are falling from the walls glasses just shattering from kenitzer's desk against the ground you be, you personally begin to feel this sensation in your hands that spreads down your arms and into your hearts and you just feel like you're about to explode and you shut your eyes and you fall to your knees and you just hear these muffled shouts of the Archmage like you're underwater telling Kenniser to to shut it down, to shut it down, to shut it down. And the sound of the energy fades, and you gasp for a breath as the feeling subsides. And you open your eyes, and you look in the glass chamber, and you see a much more human-looking dozer inside. And he's basically just twitching unconscious.
1: Much more human-looking, um, so not fully human?
0: Right, right. Not, it didn't fully heal him. But the Archmage, uh, who's breathing heavily next to you, also felt like this extreme force of power. Um, he falls to a knee and he rips off his goggles and tosses them to the side. And he says, boys, you, you know what this means, don't you? Your family, our town, they're alive.
2: Yeah. what about Jill we're just gonna uh,
1: not putting what? up jill anymore is that is that it <laughs> That's
3: a good point it's like, a really good point I,
0: I i don't know if i don't know if they all made it I don't know if they've all survived but this this is a testament that that we can heal the people that that lived it the dread king is transforming them not killing them uh he does not look healed like he is not what he was. But Carl, this is with only three of the totems. Imagine with the other four. Imagine what their combined power could do.
1: Or 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 what if what if we just um you know left the room turned it on and left the room so that we didn't have to turn it off halfway.
0: Um, I'm a af- a I'm a af- look at look at him. Look <laughs> at him, Durf. I'm afraid. I, or no, I, I, uh I, Professor Kennitzer, <laughs> yeah. Professor <laughs> Kennitzer interrupts and he like steps in front of the Archmage as he's trying to respond to this and he says uh Durf Durf I, I don't think that's a good idea look, uh look at him and he's like Dozer is unconscious and twitching and his claws are kind of starting to like come back out and his skin is, is slowly changing and he says I, I I, just don't think the power I think the power might kill him if we do it again too soon
1: if if well, I mean, there was the wait. possibility of, of healing somebody he why has... did we do it with three why did Why did we only use three? Why did we not wait until we had all seven? You could have just told us that this was a theoretical possibility Well, as opposed to... What's the theatrics in that? We just witnessed the theatrics and that
3: theatrics (laughs) didn't work. (laughs) What happens when we get all seven? What happens when we get Uh all seven? You're going to give us like a chess cannon to just walk around and shoot everybody in the face with a bright light to morph them back, or we got to usher them here for single file one by one. Like what's the end game here? (laughs)
1: It fits into a pin men in black style. Perfect. (laughs) That's a great idea.
3: Uh, Derf is
1: bemused at the rest of the squads, uh, seeming reticence to accept this extremely positive development.
0: Yes, thank almost you, sir. Just, they almost just killed
1: Dozer. How is who this we positive? thought was dead until like three minutes ago, and who we now have this is like we've discovered half a cure, and maybe he can still be alive. And you all are like
3: We've got like 40% of a cure. Yeah. But,
0: <laughs> I see, so what I thought was <laughs> <laughs> Tug would be ecstatic that there's a reason to do this now, not just still pissed off. <laughs> but
3: it didn't like it. But I don't it know. but it sorta of worked. It's it did, but it's beginning to work. Yeah, I mean it medium worked. I get it. Like you don't you don't heal people all the way so you can keep gouging them for money for the rest of the time that they're sick. I mean I can heal it. He's a doc. I get it. I get it. I just <clears throat> Um,
0: all right, so I don't even remember what the last question was.
3: <laughs> was there a question asked? I had no idea.
0: Yeah, Carl was asking a lot of questions. Like, uh, what were you saying, Carl? If we used glass? why would we
1: why would we use this with only three? When
0: okay, per, per, I Professor guess Kenitzer, we
3: didn't we didn't know three wouldn't work. We didn't know three right, wouldn't work. Yeah.
0: Professor Kennitzer adjusts his his glasses and he said, "I I thought with one test subject, three would be enough power to do it, but." I have a feeling that this is like a circle. It's got to it's got to complete before we get the full effect.
2: This
1: this test subject is our is our friend. Like this is our person that we used to see every day.
0: Yeah. And the archmage kind of like pats canister on the chest and pushes him back. He's like, he says, Michael, Michael, please, please go. Go sit. I'll take care of this boys, I know, I know, I know this is a lot to handle right now. I know that previously you thought this man was dead and now there's a possibility. Um, I, I, I just, I know in my heart and my heart of hearts, we need to find the other four totems. And like Michael Kenitzer said, it's like a circle. If we can complete the circle, if we can find the other four totems, who knows what type of power they may have. They may be able to change the entire city, the entire world back. And
1: who is going to control that power once we've accumulated all seven? Is
0: it the tower? You, you are the only ones who have the power to, to grab
3: hold of these totems. I mean, that is built into the story. It's, it, it's going to be hard to split. <laughs> it's going to be hard to split seven totems three ways. I mean, I already got, I've got the necklace. That's guaranteed mine.
0: Will you just out of character? Trust me as a DM that there will be a a way.
3: <laughs> yes.
0: To save the fucking world and finish the campaign.
3: Kirk as Kirk as a human being in this scenario that we call a D and D game. Strong feeling it's going to pan out. <laughs> so, <laughs> Tug as a character who's had his entire life destroyed with. What arguably could be a worse result than death, they're fucking these weird claw monsters that don't know who we are. Um, Not rationalizing that too well. That being said, back to Tug. Doc, tell me one thing here. Bring it in. Bring it
0: in. Okay, He, he approaches.
3: I don't know what the fuck that was. Uh, but let's make sure the next time we do this, we get him back to normal, all right? I, 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 I promise. I'm gonna
0: keep him here, I'm gonna nurse him back to health, whatever, whatever health I can, and I promise not to run any more tests. You guys can take the totems back to the Pool of Remembrance, and, and we'll forget this ever happened. We'll not forget Uh, that this
1: happened, uh, but... uh, I object. Turf objects to forgetting (laughs) this ever happened. (laughs)
0: Yeah. let this, this. is this some happened. great
1: information, actually. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but but he he will be safe. I, I, I can promise you that he won't die by my hands.
1: <laughs> okay,
3: loose pro- loose promise. He won't die by my hands. Um, t- tug just tug acknowledges. Give it. Give some like a, a slap on the shoulder, like a, a double a couple pats on the shoulder. And um, he goes over and he grabs the amulet and throws it back around around his neck and uh, walks up to the archmage and goes, if these contain so much power and we need to find four more, what is the disadvantage that we give ourselves from carrying them around if we're the only ones that can use them or wield them? Mm -hmm. It feels like there's so much untapped power that we have intentionally or unintentionally blocked ourselves from. What what do we risk taking these with us?
0: Yeah, I mean, he so the Archmage says, honestly, honestly, Tug, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. I know that if something, God forbid, were to happen to you three and this power that we know of were to get into the wrong hands, it could be devastating. I also know that somehow, because of this, somehow these totems are connected to the Dread King. So you carrying them around may make it easier for him to find you. You really need to do this under the radar. And this is the safest place you can keep them.
3: Tug nods. Tug, tug. Like, he he accepts that as an answer. Like, that logically makes sense for him.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: All right, old man. So, uh, four more, huh? Four more.
0: Four more. Tess knows where the fourth one is, but this has been a lot, and, and I understand if you guys need some some rest before, so don't feel like you need to go right now. If you need to take care of some business here at the tower... Come find us when you're ready.
1: Durf's like, I'm going to go take a fucking bath. I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure in canon, but I'm pretty sure I haven't taken a bath in like six weeks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm All
1: tired. Right. I'm going to go take a bath. We just fought a dragon. I'm going to go take a bath and a nap. And then uh, we can do some other <laughs> shit.
3: To, before before that, though, before Durf s- storms off. I'm not storming off. I'm just kind of sleeping <laughs> I'm just like, hey guys, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> before, sure we smell like before, shit. Like literal shit. That's all I'm gonna <laughs> take before before Durf slinks <laughs> off into the, the the depths of the arcane tower, uh, Tug brings them in. puts a, I guess I can only reach what? you're all's ass and waist, which is super <laughs> weird. But uh, he, he brings them in and he goes, guys, four more. Four more, and then maybe we can have what we used to have and we can go back to doing the non-death-related things that we used to do. Jill, she might come back. Who the fuck knows? I'm not a scientist. Doc doesn't know and he is a scientist. It's a nightmare. Four more. And he puts his fist in. And they do the same, taking control of your alls characters. Do you, and they do the same. I, I, Darf puts his fist and, in. And that's where you see that they each have a triangle of the Triforce <laughs> <laughs> on their hands. And it comes together. Da, da,
2: da. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and then we do this. We put both hands up and then uh, all the... Uh, the MacGuffins spin in between our hands above our heads, but not <laughs> touching anything.
0: This is adorable. Hey, everybody, Joe, your dungeon master here. Thanks for listening to episode 24. Hope you're enjoying our little stint here at the tower. Uh, most of the story stuff is over for now. We are going to get into some arcane or some uh, fishery and brewery shopping and some leveling up in the next half. And then uh, they'll be on their way to their next location. So please stay tuned. As far as show notes, I don't have too much for you. If you haven't already, please uh, think about joining our Discord, either our main show Discord where we talk about all sorts of show notes and D&D and all sorts of stuff. And then we also have a play-by-post server now that is for fans of the podcast that are interested in playing some D&D over uh, text-based kind of play-by-post atmosphere. So if you're interested in that, um, check out the episode description. There should be links to both of those in there. Real quick, I want to give a super great shout out to our $15 or more patrons. Um, This money goes towards the show and helps us to grow and get some new equipment. I'm actually recording this on our new mics that I'm excited to uh, show off in the next episode. We're all going to be recording on new mics and stuff. And this is directly um, because of the donations that our patrons uh, send us. So thank you guys so much. Fifteen dollars or more. Jacob Torres, David Ashikole, Andre K, Sean Myers, James Lyon, Ursula Bertea, Chris Sale, James J C Klantz and his buddies, Sneak Attack and Dames and Dragons podcasts. Nick Sassy, Mark Albright, Tarkin Davis, Eleanor Fitchett, Sierra Clark, Jim Saunders, Michael Kennitzer, Jason Ford, Nathan Balu and John Dalstrom, Thank you guys so much. Uh, your donations go a long way to make us better. All right, everybody. Enjoy the rest of episode 24. We will see you in two weeks. So the Archmage and Michael kind of leave you guys to do what you want to do until you want to take the next step. So we got some business to take care of. You got brewery shopping to do, you got uh, fishery shopping to do. We'll do leveling up at the end. Where do you want to go first? Durf, you take a nap and take a nice What's your bath like? Is it a bubble bath? What kind of bath? It's, it's a warm bath.
1: Um let's see. Do I have some Maybe I'll use uh, my my Druidcraft (laughs) cantrip to splash some water around and make bubbles. I can do various (laughs) sensory effects with that, so I amuse myself with Druidcraft. And I smell much better. I I guess they didn't say they're taking a bath, so I guess Carl and Tug still smell like shit. But (laughs) that's fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I think Abby walks in as you're in the bathtub and brings you like a glass of champagne (laughs) and a towel.
1: Thanks, buddy. It's a cute
0: moment. <laughs> then gets in with All right. you. <laughs> too much. Too you. much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Where to first?
3: Uh, Tug is going back to the brewery.
0: All right. So I sent you guys an updated list. We got a bunch of new uh, suggestions and submissions for beers and items from fans. I'm going to pull that up myself. Just so I know, and uh, we'll read some of these off, and then uh, if you guys have any you really liked, you can read them off. Um, and obviously, you will buy some. So now, each of you have how much money at this point? I guess I only have
1: four hundred twenty-one. That seems like a lot. I got to steal some shit. You got to let me pit pocket. And I have like nine thousand gold.
0: <laughs> yeah, you guys each got um, four hundred from winning that twelve hundred gold puzzle right and then you have whatever you had before the last arc all right so we're at the brewery um any new ones or any old ones that you want to read off that you really liked before we buy some give some shout outs to some listeners that submitted
1: is and is this just beers this is just the beers section
0: we're just at the brewery right now yeah Mm mm-hmm And you guys are a lot. If you didn't use any beers before, you can sell them for half price. Same with items. When we go to the fishery, if you want to sell some of your stuff um, for half price, you can totally do that.
3: I really, really was interested in the uh, fire brew. Uh, And And what does that do? The comical repercussions of this, which everybody, all our listeners will obviously see. When you drink this, your fists become surrounded by flames for five minutes. Each blow adds 1d8 per hit and lasts for 1d4 turns. Damage to player is 1d6 immediately after being drank. There, uh, immediately after being drank, there is no lasting damage. If a player rolls a 1 while rolling to hit, <laughs> causing a critical failure... The character is entirely covered in flames and takes one D twenty damage.
0: <laughs> so I'm going to say, I know no as a halfling, that. yeah, as a halfling, you have luck. No luck on that. If you roll a <laughs> one the first time, you're going to take one D twenty damage. One so D twenty. Agree 100% and this was submitted. <laughs> yeah, which is very possible for you. Um, this was submitted by Tiefling Fury. <laughs>
3: There's so many good ones on here.
0: There are a bunch of good ones. My, I, wish I we think could my them all favorite we... is
1: the proper cup of tea uh, oh, it was this submitted by Eleanor uh, Fidget, <laughs> an,
0: ext- an extremely strong healing
1: potion that can restore two D20s worth of damage, but gives the user a British accent for an hour and forces them to go last <laughs> in the next or current combat situation because it's the polite thing to do.
3: Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And since I always go last anyway... <laughs> I might as well uh pick that up. Wait, right, does that mean so I, that yeah. means I have to do the accent, huh? Yes. Yeah, only mm. if you drink
1: it. Yep. But you get to restore 2D20.
3: As a British person.
1: <laughs> if anybody can do it, you can. It's
0: true. Uh um, all right, old chap. I think this <laughs> one is funny. Uh the axe body spray and chug. Um <laughs> The beer is shaken violently and then shotgunned while spraying the drinker in the liquid. It lasts 10 minutes. The user smells so bad that all opponents that want to do a melee attack on them have disadvantage because they are holding their breath or pinching their nose. Anyone grappled by the user starts to suffocate. Undead and creatures that can hold their breath or don't have a sense of smell are unaffected. <laughs> nice. But and that was by Darkwoods DM. All these are fantastic. We're I'm gonna post um I, I'm gonna post this in our Discord and Reddit just so people can see the shop and see the submissions that we get to, because these are pretty, pretty creative. Um, there's also the brick shit house. You've heard of liquor? This isn't it. This is what hard liquor wishes it was. A gray paste that is squeezed out if a fi- of a fired lizard skin pouch. the The dosed individual is resistant to piercing, bludgeoning, and slashing damage for one d six rounds. But their movement speed is quartered. That was from Dan McStockerson.
3: That is pretty cool. I'm just worried, uh, because I don't like, I don't want to sell back any items or anything. Uh, yeah. so I'm not going to have a lot of gold. So I'm going to stick with the fire brew because I think that's the, okay. like, maximum, like, dire straits damage thing I can do to help our group out.
0: Okay. You can come back here if you, if you run, if you have any extra.
3: Yeah, I'm going to, uh, I'm just gonna stick with that for now, so I have some gold to make moves.
0: All right. One fire brew gone. Neither of you are buying anything for now? Not for now. Okay, sure. All right. So you head out uh you head out the portal of the brewery. Ricketts gives you a little salute, goodbye, um, and you head up to the fishery. Uh yeah, you walk through the fishery and you see Nero and he says, uh he says Holy shit! You guys are back. What can I get you? How you been?
1: Oh man, lots of shit.
0: Lots of shit happening. I tell you what, man, lots of shit. Anyway, and as you say that, as you say that from the back door, um, this mechanical flying owl comes out and he lands on the counter and he looks at you, Durf, and he says, "Sup? Sup? where's who's this guy?" And out from the back door appears Hamlet the Gnome. God,
3: Harlot the Gnome. Hillary.
0: <laughs> Hamlet the Gnome, who says, uh, Oh my gosh, hey guys, how you doing? Long time no see.
1: Well, yeah, what's, what's up? How?
0: You... Oh man, you know, I was sick of Hammer's Reach. Those those dwarves, you know, they went back to their old ways. Um, And, you know, I I heard about the Arcane Tower and... And I heard about old Nero here, and and I came, and I figured I I could help him out with some inventions. So we've got some extra stuff on the menu for you.
1: All right,
3: cool. Well, glad to have you on board. Do you All have right. uh, Do you have any gold you could give us by chance so we can <laughs> spend it?
0: He says, uh, "No, no, sorry, can't give you that. Nice try."
1: What? Well, F Y I, we everyone in the world, including you, will die if we fail. Just throwing that out there. I'm just throwing it out there.
0: <laughs> uh... All right, so you want to buy something? <laughs>
1: um, I, I actually would like to sell a couple items.
0: Sweet. Okay, before you do that, let me, uh, let's read off a couple of these newer items from listeners. Um, let's
1: see. Of course, we have to read the chest plate of the Bronx.
0: That is pretty sweet. The chest plate of the <laughs> Bronx from Rusty. Uh, a miniature chest plate forged deep in the sewers of an elusive area known as New York. This chest plate is small enough to fit around mice, rats, and other small rodents, and it grants 2AC when worn. I imagine it being like a New York Yankees jersey look that has metal pieces and maybe some badass spikes on the shoulder pads. (laughs) 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 Yep. Uh, And that's only 100 gold pieces.
1: Yep. Well, Durf is going to, I I think Durf is going to, oh, and also I'll throw out there because it's not on the list, I don't think. You just sent it to me mm-hmm. um, basically at my request.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. The helm of the, the, of the
1: elk, okay, uh, which is an antlered helm, which gives me plus one AC. And also, uh, if I travel 20 or more feet towards an enemy, a successful hit with a melee weapon does 1d12 extra nature damage. And if they fail a DC 15 strength save, they will be knocked uh, back and prone. You can buy that. So, well, the first thing because I can't afford anything. The first thing I'm going to do is sell my um, bracer of the beast.
0: Okay, which I believe
1: costs two thousand. Right. So that would give me a thousand. So
0: you get a thousand
1: gold pieces. Yep. And then, yep. I think what would I get for my healing help? I don't see it on the list. I'm looking at it right now. Healing help was one thousand gold pieces.
0: All right, so you can get five hundred from the healing help, um, and you can get a thousand from the. Um, Whatever you just said.
1: All right. So I need to sell. I need to sell children.
0: Oh, children was not on the list. That was a gift given to you. Um, so Nero. Yeah. So Nero picks it up and takes a look at it. and He says, oh, well, this this sword is chipped and broken. I'm, I might be able to do something with it. What do you want for it?
1: I would like 500 gold pieces.
0: Okay, roll a uh, persuasion check. That's not too much, so I'll take, uh, give me a DC, just a 10.
1: 23.
0: Oh, shit, yeah, I'll give you 500 for it for sure. And he takes it and he gives you 500 gold pieces.
1: Excellent. I also have this amazing bow that you previously spat out for me when we used the mundane item. hmm
0: Okay. I would like to
1: get rid of that. What do you want for it? One thousand gold pieces.
0: One thousand gold pieces. That's ridiculous. Roll a persuasion check, DC fifteen.
1: Natural (laughs) twenty.
0: You drive a hard bargain. I suppose (laughs) I could give. I can part with this gold to give it to you. Go ahead, take it. He takes your bow, and he gives you a 1,000 gold pieces.
1: Um, how much would it cost for you to, to put all the trinkets that I bought at Chuck E. Cheese's night into the make them <laughs> useful machine?
0: So you can create a miscellaneous item. You can go fishing. You can put it through the um, synthesizer for 500 gold, and you get one item out of it. So you can put every trinket you have into it, but you only get one item out of it. So it's 500 gold for one item, no matter what you put in it.
1: Interesting. So I can put a stuffed shark, a disguised face, and moon shoes in.
0: You can. <laughs> and you can make one can item make from one those One things.
1: Interesting. Yep. Yep. Because I can only afford to do one.
0: Okay. Did you buy the antler helm?
1: Yeah, I did. So we're saying I'm down to $671 gold.
0: All right. You can buy the pocket pit, which was uh, donated or submitted by Donated. This is Salvation Army. Uh, He donated uh, the pocket pit. Dr. Chubb submitted that. And it is a portable pit that can be used um, to hide from enemies and harsh elements. When not in use, it appears as a small black ball that can fit in your hand. When thrown on the ground, it forms a small pit that one medium humanoid can jump into. Once inside the pit, the top closes up, casting the one inside in complete darkness. And after five minutes or whenever the occupant wishes, the pit floor will rise and deposit the occupant on the ground exactly where they left. Once per day. By the way, Tug. Yeah. uh, Your cable call? We need to pay more attention to that because that only said once per day and you used it like eight times last <laughs> time. Because
1: it was much cooler to do it that way. Yeah. It
0: was really cool, but we'll just have to pay attention to that from now on. Once per day. Long One long. more
1: item I want to sell that I used once and found no need for it, which was my little homing feathers. To be fair,
3: we should okay. have been using those a lot more.
0: We don't need those. We're yep, that you're all right, your two, your two golden feathers? Yes.
3: All right, your golden feathers.
0: What you want for those? You're selling all the cool stuff I gave not you. Not all of it.
1: Not all of it. I still have uh, my eye of inspiration. I don't know. I'm going to have to all come right, up with a better All name right,
0: all right. Oh, what do you want for it? Uh, just a measly 500 gold. Uh, DC 10, uh, DC f- DC 12 persuasion.
1: That's only a nine.
0: Hmm, 500. Uh, that's, that's too much. for. I'll give you 300 at most. Let's meet in the middle and go four. Persuasion check. DC 10.
1: That would be a 15.
0: Okay, fine. 400. Take it.
1: All right. Now I can buy shit. Uh, first thing I'm going to buy, Gauntlets of the Bull.
0: Gauntlets of the Bowl. So the Gauntlets of the Bowl submitted by me. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) At the very beginning of the campaign, you get uh, plus two to your strength score. So your bonus goes up by one. That's 1,500
1: gold pieces. puts my strength up to 20.
0: Nice. Uh, And then with the other pieces, I've got 1,000 left. So so Carl, I'll let you describe this. What do the Gauntlets of the Bowl look like? Gauntlets covered covered in like brown scales.
1: Okay. Um and the thumbs look like bullhorns.
0: So you have got two of them. So yeah. if you put your two thumbs, thumbs. So you put your fists together. That's right. You got like bull horns? Yep. Nice. I like I like it. Okay. Alright, what else? Who else is buying stuff?
1: Uh well, I'll buy Eugene the armor. Chess
0: plate of the Bronx. Chess plate of gold the Bronx. Pieces.
1: Um and then so, Durf will reach into his pocket and say, So, what do you give me for? And then, with a flourish, uh, pulls out three cool erasers.
0: <laughs> he says, uh, uh,
3: uh, A three high five? That's a thousand at least. A thousand. A thousand, thousand, thousand buildings. Buildings. A thou, so a cool, Thou. Well,
1: what do you want for them? What do they do? Uh, They're erasers, they erase. And they're cool. It's in the name. (laughs) They're cool
0: erasers. All right, all right. Uh, 30 gold pieces for the lot.
1: Please do not insult me
3: with your (laughs) lowball offers. Uh, On the yikes erasers, 30 gold pieces.
0: Just give me a persuasion check and tell me what you get. Uh,
1: Monster...
0: 11. Okay, I'll give you 50, but that's it. Alright, I'll take it. (laughs) Okay. Alright, you get 50 gold pieces.
1: Alright, so that brings me back up to 621. Um, and let's see. I would like you to transmogrify
3: my stuff. Transmogrify does something completely different. Establish this episode. There's two different (laughs) things. <laughs> my bad uh we, we need zarg Hatchetbones
1: bones md in here to sort your ass out i i would like you to synthesize my stuffed shark Disguised face and moon shoes
3: god i'm so hyped for this
0: <laughs> okay um all right <laughs> so he looks at you for a second and it's like an awkward exchange. He's like cocking his head and looking at you and you're holding these items out to him. And you just like have a stare off and he's like, oh, oh all right, I'll do that for you. And you hand over 500 gold pieces yep. and he places all three items in the synthesizer and it goes to the usual motions. It churns, it hums, it buzzes and then clink something pops out into the jar and he sticks it into the water, and you hear, as steam comes up, and then he pulls out with these tongs, he pulls out, what was it, a shark? Stuffed, a stuffed, stuffed shark,
1: shark uh, Groucho Mark's cat. face, and moonshoes. <laughs> okay.
0: And moon shoes. And moon shoes. <laughs> um, okay.
1: let's see is it, is it a mecha shark costume plus five ac no
0: i don't think it's that plus five ac um the fuck i i understand i could do the disguise face <laughs> in the shark okay here's what happens Durf. he pulls out from this water a pair of spectacles a pair of glasses And there's a dial on one of the lenses on the on the right lens that has three icons. And it has a shark icon. (laughs) And it has a moon shoe icon. Okay. And it has a disguise face icon. Okay. Okay. The shark icon lets you have water breathing if you put it to that dial. Okay. All right. Okay. If you switch it to the disguise icon you get a uh, plus two to all stealth and deception checks.
1: Okay.
0: And if you switch it to the moon shoes icon, <laughs> um, you can jump your speed. Holy fuck. That's dope. Nice. And vertically, you can jump your speed.
1: What are they called?
0: Uh, Make him What name. are they called, Durf? You tell me what are they called?
3: <laughs> spectacles, testicles, wallet, and shark. <laughs> so, done. Spectacles,
1: testicles, wallet no, and shark. No, okay. No. Um <laughs> <laughs> hmm. interesting. Interesting. Spectacles. Spectacles of spectacles of the shrouded moon
0: shark. I like it. That's it. Okay. Spectacles of the Shrouded Moonshark. That's what they're called. The Spectacles of the Shrouded Moonshark for 500 gold pieces. Nice work. Alright, there you go. Write that down. Uh, it's written. On your character sheet. Alright,
3: anything else? Tug strolls up uh, twirling the two crunk greatest hit CD in between his fingers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen up, my man. Last copy of this in existence. I need you to make this into the spiciest item you can with your synthesizer. Oh, shit. That's too crunk. <laughs> All right.
0: I'll see what I can do.
3: I, that's and- not convincing. Are you going to do some? I need you to do your best work here. I'll give you the dopest shit I could ever
0: make out of this synthesizer, I promise.
3: Can anything be doper than a Two Crunk album? No, that's why. That's the conundrum we're in, derp. <laughs> Grab <laughs> Herbert out of the back. You're going to need some reinforcements. Get his All ass right. up here. Synthesize this SOB. Let's go. Right.
0: <clears throat> okay, and he calls back and he says, Henrietta, get back here. Get out here. And the Hamlet comes out. He waddles out. Um, and, uh, Nero, Nero turns to him. He says, set it to 11. And Hamlet walks over to the synthesizer and moves some dials on it. And he puts the CD in and it goes through the usual motions and you hear clink and the glass jar goes in the water. And he pulls out, um, do you guys remember in the nineties, those hit clips? Yep. I
3: know exactly what you're talking about. Wait, that sounds
1: familiar.
0: yeah, yeah. So basically, there it was basically like this rectangular box that had like a single cartridge in it that went in it and it played a song. Oh he yeah. hands you this. He hands you this, Kirk, and he says he he tells you what this is. And basically, what this is is it has uh three pre recorded two two crunk tracks on it. Um, and whenever you use this, you you have once per day. You have three instances of Vicious Mockery where when you use it, a saying from Two Crunk comes out and you can cast the spell Vicious Mockery three times a day. <laughs> Except you have to make the Two Crunk uh, Vicious Mockery lyrics.
3: I feel like this is incredibly campy and just for our listeners. <laughs> uh, but I can dig it. People going to get fucked up with psychic damage. All right. Yep. Um, and the last thing Tug wants to do um, is he wants to sell his fist wraps to the bull. Wow. Okay. Aren't those incredibly powerful? Uh, I don't, I don't I remember can what, activate what they them do. To add, I can activate them to add damage, but I can only push enemies smaller than me, and there are none. Or <laughs> we have
0: Small or equal to your size, but yeah.
3: So, my idea is to try and uh, start garnering some money to, you know, there's, there's some good fist wraps and stuff that we have okay. on this thing. So, I think maybe something that might All be right. a little bit useful, more useful.
0: Alright, so what were the fist wraps worth when you bought them?
3: I, those were given to me by the wizard.
0: Oh, okay, what do you want for them? Five grand. <laughs> uh, yeah, roll a persuasion check DC 25.
3: Okay, that's impossible.
0: Uh, so it's no. It's not going to happen.
3: Well, I guess if I get a natural 20, right? Does that auto? Yeah.
0: Yep. Go ahead,
3: roll it. Why not? <laughs> wow. <laughs> <Good roll. Eight>. <laughs> <laughs> so close. No
0: fucking way, man. I'll give you, I'll give you... Ugh, fist wraps of the bow, huh? Let's see. What do these do?
3: Well... You can activate them to add 1d6 damage to your next attack. <laughs> and
0: Fuck that. Okay, I didn't say that. <laughs> the bowl, huh? I'll give you I'll give you eight
3: hundred gold pieces for Absolutely them. disrespectful. They are gold and they're better than most other weapons you are just actively selling. And I just let you synthesize the last known two crunk CD in existence. All Uh, right, all
0: right. What do you want for him? Four grand. Four grand. Roll a fucking persuasion (laughs) check, DC twenty two.
3: Sorry, I'm dying over here.
0: (laughs) What's wrong?
3: A nine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's getting a little heated now. He says, "If you don't take my offer." What was what
2: it again? Offer, $2,000? 800? No.
3: <laughs> uh, if you don't take my offer of 800 you get nothing. Okay, look. You need to sleep on it. I'll hold on to these for now. Um, we'll talk about this later. You seem very upset. All right. We've asked a lot of you. You've been haggling a lot. I don't think you're in the right frame of mind. I'll come back. We'll talk it out. We'll figure it out. All right,
0: fine. Fine. Okay. You done here? As as everybody's kind of
1: walking out, I I turn back and go to Nero one last time. Nero, I really want that paladin's tunic, but there's a couple of drinks I went down at the brewery. Is there any chance I can get the paladin's tunic for say nine hundred gold?
2: Hmm. How Roll much? How much does
0: it normally cost? Check. One thousand. It's a hundred dollars off. Uh, DC sixteen set in stone price 18 okay he says i'll tell you what carl you three have been good for me i can do that for you 900 gold you got it
1: thank you very much
0: okay all right done at the fishery yeah Uh, you want to head right back to the brewery carl what do you want to buy uh so
1: i definitely want uh a speed mead Alright, speed
0: mead. Uh, yeah, right. yeah speed mead uh, was submitted by Jicayla. Allows you to take another standard action this turn at the cost of your standard action next turn. So you basically get two back to back actions, but you get skipped to the next turn. By the way, right. Kirk,
1: did
3: you see the Thunderclaw Stout?
0: That is pretty fucking That's
3: <laughs> From Myth. Oh shit! Yeah, that is deb. I'll pick one of those up. Thunderclaw Stout from Myth. This
0: strong barley brew imbues the imbiber with this imbues the imbiber. With a set of electric claws that turns unarmed karmic combat into slashing damage that doubles their ability modifier on damage rolls for an hour. The electricity, in turn, creates a static charge so powerful that their hair stands up in wacky formations. And every new time they touch metal, within that hour, they must flip a coin and on heads accidentally shock themselves for one damage.
2: Alright,
1: I'm also going to take a proper cup of tea.
0: Yes! You were so good at that British accent, episode one. Episode
1: one. I'm the, the man of a million voices. <laughs> just saving them all for part four, five, six, hold and on, and hold
2: seven.
3: On. Hold <laughs> on, I'm trying to do this without laughing. stop talking. Everybody stop talking. I'm going to go bale some hay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go bale some hay.
2: God, that that bad. was pretty accurate, and
0: that's when a thousand <laughs> listeners stopped listening. That's when our podcast should have died.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and yet, they're back. They're yeah. waiting. They're waiting for the return. I a, a million
3: impressions. <laughs> he did two poorly <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wait till i get to do a british accent yeah I'm sure. that's gonna go over like a fart all church. right i'm,
0: I'm stoked stup- about that okay um, are you done buying shit no i'm good i'm gonna keep my last 20 gold okay all right sounds good all right so you guys are finished shopping
3: um hold on one quick question before we before we leave the yep. show sure iron monk black ale and an, an yep. ale black as tar that increases unarmed attacks by one hit die however player is very drunk and takes a minus two to hit don't yep. I just operate in, in a very drunk state? So would that even affect <laughs> no, me? Like, can I get like, the
0: upside without the downside? It's a level above that. It's a level above your normal drunken state. Right. This is blackout
3: drunk. Okay. Yeah. Right. right. No. Tug, tug yep. battles in, in blackout, but whatever. <laughs> whatever.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. So you guys are done shopping. Done with the fishery. Done with the brewery. Um, it is time to level up. We're gonna level you guys up to level seven. I know, understand. You guys get some cool shit. Let's do health first. So go ahead and roll, roll your he- hit die, and then add your Constitution, and then tell me what your uh, your new health is.
1: It's one d8 plus proficiency plus Constitution, or just one d8 plus Constitution?
0: Just plus Constitution. So Carl rolled a six
1: plus a two for his Constitution, bring his maximum health up to sixty. Yeah. Uh, okay. Durf rolled a 1 plus 1 for a, a 2 and his hit points are now 40.
3: That's the most nice.
1: Tug sounding shit
3: I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs>
1: let's, see, let's see what
3: Tug can add on to his whopping 29 hit points. 4. So I'm up to 33. I have 33. no constitution.
0: Wow. Level 7 you're at 33. Tug, okay, tugs so 60 Tug's for a glass Carl.
3: cannon.
0: Couldn't <laughs> tell is a glass cannon. Uh, 60 Just stick for with Carl, me, kid. 40 for Durf, 33 for Tug. What do you guys get at 7th level? All I get uh, Carl, is... Oh, Carl, you go first.
1: A, oh, or Carl can go first.
0: Durf, you're ready. Durf, you go first.
1: Uh, all I get is a 4th level spell slot. Um, which is pretty cool. Okay. I, uh, now I have like... Uh, I think I have more 3rd and seconds and stuff. Uh, chip that I will keep track of when I'm casting spells and all, but I get fourth level spell slot. Um, so I, I can conjure minor elementals, woodland beings, uh, turn small insects into giant insects and polymorph, which I'm pretty sure seems pretty fucking broken. I'm pretty excited about that.
0: All right. All right. Carl, what do you get? Uh, so I get a third, second level spell
1: slot. Uh, Oh, I guess I should say I'm staying uh, moving on in Paladin Paladin seven, even though I really want to multi-class. Uh, but the big thing is Aura of Wording, which gives me and allies within 10 feet resistance to magical damage.
0: Nice. Yeah. So resistance. And so, yeah, resistance means you take half damage right. to magic. So any spells that attack you. You take half damage to
3: anybody within 10 feet of you also.
0: So that's pretty dope.
3: Tug. Uh, so, yep, level seven, obviously, just added four hit points there. Um, and I added, I got the following abilities here. Uh, evasion. On deck saves, it's always half damage. And on a successful deck save, it's no damage. Um, nice. And then Stillness of Mind, I can use a standard action to end an effect that is causing me to be charmed or frightened.
0: Okay, sweet. All right, you guys are level seven. Um. All right, so you're done with the brewery, you're done with the fishery. Um. You remember that the Archmage told you that Tess knows where the next totem is. So you go out and you seek her, um, and she tells you that... She she looks at her book and she actually um she pulls out a map. She like unravels a map and lays it on on the table. You guys are in the Hall of Knowledge. She lays it on the table and she actually shows you a map of your world. So you see uh where Woodhaven is, you see Kingston Landing, you see Dragonspire Island, you actually see where the Arcane Tower is in relation to all this. Um and she points at this area just uh, it's to the northwest of of Woodhaven, far to the northwest. And it looks like a marshy area. And she points in the middle of it
1: just above Ravenshire.
0: Yep. You got it. Yep. Okay. And she says this. This is odd. And she's been looking at this book that she took from from the temple uh, in the misty wood. And she says this is. This is saying there was a man named Graham who had a, a two-headed coin, but, but the area where it says he's from is from a place called Cotton Candy Village.
3: <laughs> Those are the land of my people. We are short, we are proud, we are strong. I know exactly where that is.
0: No, 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 no. Cotton Candy Village is an old abandoned amusement park. It's in the heart of the Brittle Bog Swamp.
3: Yeah, I know. It's ran by a candy mogul that used to paint us orange, green wigs. Nightmare. <laughs> that's why it's closed down. A lot of <laughs> lot of legal shit going on over there. But I know exactly well, where that's at.
0: Okay. Well. Well. Anyway, I'm I'm gonna I'll open up a portal and I'll drop you guys off in the swamp, and you guys can make yourself to to candy cow, candy, sorry cotton candy village. <laughs> that's how you fucked me up. <laughs> She says, she says, I'll drop you off at the swamp and you guys make yourself to Cotton Candy Village and you're looking for a two-headed coin of a man of an old priest named Graham. Are you ready to go now?
3: Uh can we like shower, rest up? I know Durf already handled that. I'm kinda gross. Uh can we like sleep? I don't know if we've done that. <laughs>
0: yeah a lot of of
3: wacky stuff's been going on we'll
0: just assume that when you guys were in the arcane tower you took a long rest you guys are like up to max health all your spell slots back all key points all that you're good to go
3: scratch all that tess i am ready to go
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right all right she opens up a portal right then and there Um, and you head through it on your way to Brittlebog Swamp in search of the Coin of Graham. Coin of Graham. And that's where we'll end the episode. I thought, so do you remember when in the last arc where i was like Dragonspire island and you guys were like oh of course it's called Dragonspire island why couldn't it be called cotton oh, candy village
1: yeah. i was like i was like i know that's funny for a reason but i can't remember why i know you totally did not react the way i expected you to
0: <laughs> also want to give a quick shout out to all our five dollar patrons matthew watson kevin kozlowski paul dunn jesse jones michael carpenter david Barron, eric hancock Blake Tolliver, Andy Chaumont, Dan McStockerson, Jason Rittman, Jakela, Joshua Motzinger, Nicole Chapin from the Redshift podcast, Noah Hunt, Marco Olafson, Ian Coughlin, Jonathan Huff, William Martin, and his buddy Hugh Jars, which I'm sure that's not a real name, but whatever. Elemental.fm, Alignment Unclear, Jack Mega, Joshua Fieni, Nick Vukalich, Vitali Vasilyuk. David Ginsberg from the Tales from the Fandom podcast, Joe Quickle from the Dad DD Podcast, and Adam Hoffling. Thank you guys so much for your donations. You rock.